Hi and welcome to Minutes with Mohuni. I am Mohuni. How are you? How are you? I apologize if my voice sounds a bit croaky. All of a sudden, I'm about to record and I start getting weird sniffles and my voice just gets hoarse. I don't understand. But we soldier on and we will record in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about, but I know we're continuing. We're continuing on the um, what's it called? <laughs> on the series of who defines it, yeah. And <laughs> it's probably why I'm having these attacks. I want to talk about disobedience, like um, the concept of it, where did it come from, how is it affecting us, and probably how it looks in our time. And um. I'm not really sure how this is going to go, so we're just going to flow. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're Lord. Uh, I am here. Speak. I will also listen and may the person who is listening find direction in what you would want them to hear. Amen. So this was inspired by something I read. I will post the link to the article in the description box. Um, it, was, it was from an article I read and it was discussing disobedience um let me quote a sentence i found from it it said that disobedience is thinking i know better than god (laughs) and then they continue to say that if you think about it it's utterly foolish to not trust god and that's that's pretty cool like disobedience is thinking i know better than god it got me thinking about the uh the foolishness of the pride of men because that's exactly what our pride is it's utterly foolish to think that we can exist without god to think that we can self-determine um dictate how our society is going to be um it's going to say that we are the ones who are going to challenge where life begins and where you know funny thing about that Zatim was having a conversation with a friend and he was telling me about a friend of his who almost got who almost told his girlfriend to get an abortion and we kind of went back and forth about this because according to that person life begins at birth and for me it was at conception and we went back at this point I, I, I thought we were both Christians so I thought like we were having a discussion on the basis of things grow life happens here this and then I realized, man, even Christians have very differing views concerning when life begins, and hence the discussion of abortion. But I use that example to point out how we're in a time when this self-determination has us redefining so many things. Things that were seemingly very obvious are no longer as obvious because we're so tied up in wanting to come up with new definitions so that we can exact this freedom that we feel the old definitions are not giving us because you see so long as somebody says that life begins at conception then abortion becomes murder and the last thing you want to be called is a murderer and if you can't change that perception of where life begins now you want to go make it legal in a court so that even if you're a murderer the court doesn't seem to think so and you're absolved of whatever consequence that action would bring on you and also you know if somebody calls you a murderer then automatically it's 10 commandments in your head do not kill and you're like oh my god oof i killed where does this put me with god even if you're an atheist atheists some of them who claim to be moral suppose that 
they we, we all agree that murder is a heinous crime that it's a reflection of the bad yeah so that makes you a bad person because you killed so it's this self-determination the this need to be independent of a superior being who has this standard that we don't have has us redefining so many things because we feel that if we redefine them then he has to bow down to our will or we can push him out of our existence and then exist by ourselves i think that concept is called um is it existentialism or nihilism one of the two where it supposes that there is a god but he steps out of the human experience or the human is left to live alone but that's besides the point so our disobedience is thinking that we know better than god and i was going to trace this back to the beginning like we're not going to talk about adam and eve i don't think they were the first people to disobey this thing goes back to when satan fell from heaven and when he thought that he could be like god and that thought by itself is actually what had him being cast out of heaven and i believe the fact that he did that is the reason why he could inspire adam and eve to eat from the fruit because to eat from the tree of good and evil because if you think about it up until the devil has conversations with eve this tree is not a problem like they were looking at it they were passing it but the moment eve has conversations with this serpent who originally disobeyed then the the thought of disobedience has come in but it's not presented as disobedience it's presented as a very good alternative it's that hey here is something you didn't know you needed but it's it's at your beck and call it's in your hands if you just pluck it and eat it you'd have this thing that isn't bad for you it's just an alternate reality it's different and different isn't always bad and it's in the area of conversation that disobedience happens think about it those times when you have done things you knew you were not supposed to do there was a conversation behind it even this supposed um battle that goes on in our heads when you when you want to do wrong but there's this side telling you to do right so you have this thing of back and forth until you decide which side to listen to there's always a conversation behind a disobedience there's always a conversation because this thing's always you see humanity i'm thinking i'm thinking sorry me hankiasi um let me find the phrase actions come from thoughts that are too full when a thought has i will you okay when a thought has fully matured or like the example i would give is like when you eat food and you're full when a thought gets to that level of being mature in that it is full it is formed then it produces an action so you see disobedience comes in as an idea it's a, a fleeting thought it's just put in your mind and then the person who planted it kind of goes but it's the more that you engage it the more reason it forms in your head the better chances it has of of creating a case that is for it and the more you engage that case the more nice it looks the bible says that even also the fruit as being desirable 
for making one wise it looked good for food the more she entertained the conversations of an alternate experience from what god had said the more appealing this thing looked to her and that's what happens with disobedience it's presented to us as an alternate reality initially you know it's wrong but the more you conversate with it the more you acclimate to it the better it starts looking and now in the end when that idea has fully matured it becomes an action and that action produces a result that is anti you you see that's what disobedience is at its root it's anti you there's a phrase my youth leader used to make in youth church when we were together he'd always say the devil is not your uncle would come and tell us the devil is not your cousin he's not your grandfather and we'd laugh about it because it's funny but the basic idea behind it was that this guy does not care for you so anything he brings to you any idea that arises in your head that is anti god is not for you predominantly it is anti you but because it knows we are wired to fight whatever is anti us even our bodies so you call them antibodies the white blood cells they fight whatever is not part of our of our biological molecular structure so he knows that if he presents this thing as anti you you're going to fight it so what will he do he'll put it in a way that, that makes you think it's for you and i will address this much further on but that's what this idea of freedom in our current society is where we want to redefine things so that we can make them for us when we know from the beginning they were not for us because if we can tailor our minds condition our minds to think that these things which god told us are not good for us are good for us by redefining them then we can do them without feeling like we have broken this moral standard you understand So that's what disobedience comes to do. It's a very subtle influence. It's a very subtle disarming of the boundaries and the guardrails that God has put for us. Because you see, when the enemy disobeyed, it was from a place of thinking that what he was was not enough. That he wanted what God had because what God had supposedly was better than what he had. He was dissatisfied. He was judging God's creation himself. He felt that God was not just in making him the way he was. That's why he would want better. And that is disobedience by itself because he began to think that he knew better. Cast down. But the consequence of the casting down is that now he lost dominion in where he was at because the Bible says he was he was a beloved cherub. He was the archangel, music, and also a lot to do with legal matters. The enemy was in charge of that. And so you've lost his dominion and then now you hear rumors of this new race that this guy whom you wanted to be like is making and is going to give this this race of dust domin- dominance. He's going to give them dominion. He's going to give them a whole earth to rule. Wait, hold up. So what does he come to do? He comes and he uses this seed of disobedience to steal from these people what was rightfully theirs. Cuz that's the transaction that happened. He knew the consequence of disobedience and he knew that these people did not know the consequence of disobedience because Adam and Eve had not been informed of the enemy's disobedience. God did not even see it fit to explain to them that this thing existed because clearly I have made you from love. If you love me, you don't need to know about the bad. 
the bad is just it's it's nothing worth considering but so now the enemy comes in because he wants this dominion that these people were given he lies to them he sells to them an idea of something better than what they have and consequently even adam disobey god and they lose they lose the very thing that god gave them and they damned the entire human race because of disobedience so they thought they knew better than god because of a conversation they got from a fallen being a being they didn't know had fallen and if you think about it this transaction happens in our lives daily when god tells you not to be angry with someone and you're like ugh what do you even know about being angry like let me be angry you don't know what they did to me you don't know what they said to me father it hurt me so how can you ask me not to be angry when let me tell you somebody just says something and you want to be petty you want to be petty and then god is like no we don't behave like that here when he tells you to put away foolish talk from your lips when he tells you to stop engaging conversations because they have a way of wearing down what he said when he tells you to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly and you you traffic daily with the ungodly and even if you're not having physical face to face conversations with the ungodly it's on your social media it's the jokes you laugh about it's the conversations you sit and engage subconsciously like you might not be contributing vocally but you're part of those conversations it's when in Matatu and like if you're in Kenya there's this radio station called Classic 105 and in the morning the discussions are utter trash like they are good for social media for the, they are they are good for the flesh like these discussions of this one cheated on me any it's the most ridiculous trash and that's the first thing you hear before you get to work <clears throat> excuse me And so I see such kind of things are the influences that the devil uses to have us disobey God. Because then somebody might reason, okay, Sally, so you know what? I'm in a mat or I'm in a car. Or this conversation is happening around me. What could I do? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't switch it off. I can't tell people not to talk. You see? So now we have these excuses as to why we, we could not do anything about where we were at. But the question is... Did you ask God to remove you from that situation? Did you ask him for a way to help you not participate or take in what you are hearing? Because the Bible says that with every temptation there's a way out. So clearly, if we're not seeing the way out, it's because we're not taking this thing back to God. Have you ever thought about what would have happened if even Adam had told God about these conversations they were having with this with this animal or this whatever it, whatever example it is or form the enemy chose to to take up? What would have happened if they'd given God the option to dispel everything that they were being told? How much do you let God into? not let me rephrase that how much of god do you allow in those conversations that want to inspire you to be disobedient do you give god a chance to change your mind before you make the decision to be disobedient or are you so quick to fall because you know there's going there's going to be grace to cover up that mistake so we highlight that disobedience is thinking that you know better than god and that it is utterly foolish to not trust god because as a human being a person who was made 
you really don't know that much adam and eve did not know the consequence of their disobedience they didn't even know why you see ask yourself why is this thing so concerned about having me do something god did not tell me to do and that should be something you're asking yourself why why is this situation recurring let's say you're married and there's a there's a girl who keeps coming up or a man constantly wanting your attention instead of indulging the attention so much just pull back and ask yourself okay hold up why is this happening why am i engaging this or you're in school and the opportunity to cheat during exams comes up you're like okay so why am i feeling the need to cheat and why is this situation presenting itself to me James has a lot to say about that. I think I'll cover that at some point. James has a lot to say about temptations. And so like situations of being angry. Like you might find yourself in a day like those days that we say, man, this is the day. It's not the day that the Lord has made because seemingly everything is going wrong in that day. Sometimes pull back and ask yourself, how is it this day seemingly seems to be this bad? Why is it that there's so much opportunity for me to be offended? There's so many opportunities for me to be angry. And why am I feeling the need to succumb to these emotions? Is there a part of me that is giving them room? Are there things I have been doing or thoughts I've been entertaining that are giving these situations the right to present themselves to me? Because you know what? We, we really can't give up that much freedom to the enemy that he's that much in control. Because no... At the bottom of it all is was a desire for us to follow that train and that's the only way that the thought could come to us because we really wanted it james says let no one who is tempted say he's tempted of the lord because the lord cannot tempt anyone but each one of us is tempted when he's led away by his own desires the desires call out to you they entice you and then that last conceives sin it conceives it produces sin Men's sin, when it is fully grown, produces death. And I will say that the end of every disobedience is death. And so God told them, if you eat from this tree, I guarantee you're going to die. And the Bible says that death reigned from Adam up until Jesus Christ. We don't know if it was physical death, but we know for a fact from the Bible that people died spiritually. Like we were separated from God. That separation from God is what death is. And we continue to see it because now we live in a culture that thrives in death. A culture that thrives in being separated from God. That even believers who affirm that Lord, that Jesus Christ is Lord, don't live as if he is Lord. We continue to separate ourselves from him. We don't want him as part of our sexuality. We don't want him to be part of our love lives. We don't want him to be part of our parenting. We don't want him to be part of our finances, part of our governance. We want God to be part of everything else apart from what he would want to be part of. Like you see those areas that God wants to influence, which is basically all of us. We don't want him there. We're like, God, you know what? You stay in your religion box. I will visit you on Sunday for a couple of hours and probably not even listen fully. Like I'll just take in the bits that that endorse this death that I want to relate with more. 
so long as god be cool like you're going to keep me out of hell but i don't want you part of my life so much you just you, you separate just continue being separate yeah and in that in that mode of life death continues to reign that's why we are struggling that's why seemingly society is becoming more weakened because disobedience is still reigning disobedience is encouraging us to redefine gender to redefine what abortion is to redefine what life is it's continuing to tell us that um, evolution is probably it and not creation it's going to tell us that there cannot be a god because if there was a god this and this would not happen so disobedience's main agenda is to separate our father from god it is to counter the life that Jesus Christ came to give us and this life that Jesus came to give us is through obedience is that you're going to have to come to Jesus and be like you know bro i admit i'm wrong i don't know jack and i admit that i am on my way to destruction and i need you to get me out and that can only happen if you choose to obey god think I'll say a couple more things and just stop it here because this thing is becoming too heavy. I will address a bit of work culture because this is a thought that just kept recurring in my mind when I was thinking about this disobedience thing. How how work culture destroys and I'd say we don't the main like pre- prevalent example of this is America like looking at that country right now. Whoa, the, the oh my god, wokeness is not helping. It's not helping. It's destroying their businesses, their economy. It has completely destroyed their moral structure. That a nation that was predominantly founded on God is now so anti-God. It is a problem. And when I was thinking about work culture, um, God started doing like word plays in my mind concerning disobedience. He started saying like disobedience is the dis the this and then put like a hyphen and then say obedience so now that this could stand for distractions it can stand for distance and these two couples they create distraction distraction as in des like when you demolish a building or an infrastructure and that disobedience is usually sparked by lack of knowledge Think about it. If the enemy had known that his make was enough, he would never have disobeyed. If Adam and Eve had known what the enemy wanted from them by having them disobey, they would not have disobeyed. Right now, woke culture with all its definitions and its need for freedom and all that stuff, that kind of thinking has led them to a state of living that alleges to be freedom but is actually disobedience and is leading them to more destruction because if this thing is really working how is it that the produce of it is all this negative stuff is all this hurtful stuff which proves that when you're tempted to disobey there's something you do not know use that as the baseline for it even if you're not going to obey god like but every time you're just tempted to do some stupid ass stuff like to start saying oh, this 
when you tend to just go against the basic moral moral fracture of what society is like not to kill to not hate your brother to not go sleeping around with your with your friend's husband or wife when you think about that when that happens just know there's something you do not know that is making that disobedience or that temptation alluring to you there's the fine print you did not read and because there's a fine print you have not read when you succumb to the temptation or to the idea of disobedience there's something you're losing that is bigger than the freedom you think you're getting by disobeying disobedience will always allege to offer you freedom but that freedom is just chains it's bigger chains it's worse chains it's mental chains chains where things that were formerly so stupid and foolish now become doctrines they become binding they become ideas that you have to live by now because they have forced you to think that that's where your freedom will be but the more that you push in it the more you're stuck and now they've got into a place now where if you do not ascribe to being woke you are a you're a bigot you're a chauvinist you're a misogynist you're racist you're this you're intolerant and yet they display the very same characteristics of what they say, they claim the people who are anti them are doing woke culture will tell you that if you're not for them if you're not with them you're against them that there's no middle ground here that god is not good that man has the ability to define what good is that man has the ability to rule himself that there can be no disobedience because man is a god to himself and so he gets to decide what is good what is bad what is acceptable what is not but that's why i say by saying that <laughs> the pride of man is the most foolish thing that has ever existed that it is foolishness to think that you can rule yourself that by disobeying god you are loving yourself woke culture is anti you disobedience is anti you ultimately to live outside of god is the definition of self harm you self harm when you separate yourself from god you self harm when you try to push the boundaries of the instructions he gives you no matter how small they seem even if he tells you to wake up at 7 and you decide to wake up at 8 that is self harm and it's because the one that loves you more than you could ever love yourself has given you an instruction when you go against that instruction you're telling him that you supposedly love yourself more but how can you love yourself more than the one who loves you more than he loves himself Anything you do outside of God will harm you. It doesn't matter how it comes packaged, ultimately it will harm you because the source of that disobedience does not like you. He does not exist to make you happy. He does not exist for your freedom, for your joy, for your supposed cruise through this life. He wants your destruction and he will package your destruction in the packaging that you like so that you can accept it but ultimately he wants you out if something is not focused on Jesus or God's rules for our dominion it is not for us 
Those are the things that now rob us of the blessing of dominion that he gave us. They rob us of the peace, of the joy, of the love and and even say tolerance that he needs us to have to live in this world. So stop trading the good in this life for this disobedience that looks like it's going to give you freedom. There is no freedom in the enemy. There is no freedom in disobedience. There is no freedom in woke culture. There is no freedom in redefining things so that they can fit your moral framework. Only God is good. That's what Jesus told that rich guy who came to him. And he, he called him good teacher. And Jesus said, only God is good. Only he can define what good is. It's not you. It's not your school. Not your experiences. Not your pastor. Not your parents. Only God. So stop self-harming. Stop self-harming. All these things that God tells you not to go to, they're there to harm you. So when he tells you not to go there, he's looking out for you. Stop thinking that you have your best interests at heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9-10 that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. It will deceive you, the one who carries it. It will deceive you. And the Bible says that only God knows the heart only he searches it out and examines its content so don't think do not like yourself that you're smart enough to know what you really want that you're smart enough to know what is good for you you really don't submit that pride that comes as self-protection and give it up to god and let him show you what is really good for you because what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul And that's what disobedience wants from you. It wants to cost you your soul. It wants to cost you your soul. Jesus, thank you. I thank you for this discussion, my God. And I pray, Lord, that you may free us from the clutches of disobedience and all these things that come that want our allegiance, that want to distract us from you, that want us to harm ourselves and leave us in places where we condemn ourselves for what we did because we obeyed them instead of obeying you. Help us make obedience to you the primary desire of our lives. And I pray, Lord, if the people who are listening would not condemn themselves, that would not be subjected to guilt because of the mistakes they've made, and to know that your blood offers freedom from whatever we did past, present, and whatever we will do in the future. And thank you that you love us more than we would ever love ourselves. In Jesus' name, family. Amen. So think about it and hit me up. Apparently, Anka has a way of sending messages. I'd like to hear what you have to think about this. Challenge my discussions. Challenge my presentations. Yeah. Let's have conversations that are life-giving. Enjoy your day, night, or morning. Mm-hmm.